Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the SJ Chronicles. It is coming up to 20 past 11 at night on Monday the 20th of November 2017. Not long to go before we get to episode 100. It's um, fun to think about what things will be like when we get to episodes 200 and 300. (laughs) Um, We'll probably track the development of the referral centre through centuries of anchor episodes. Anyway, I hope you had um, a great weekend. Um, Saturday for me, the usual kind of cramming in as much work as I can and uh, supermarket shop um, before uh, I went to my Kung Fu training. My instructor had been away on a bit of a Hong Kong, Vietnam tour, uh, but he was back. He's back in the country, so had a training session. And then, um, yeah, picked up Layla and spent the evening with her. And um, Sunday we went to the gym and then we went to have lunch for Layla's sister's birthday, uh, which was last week. So we went to this pub in the countryside that um, has a vegan menu and uh, yeah, it was really nice actually. Um, downside, unfortunately, was the drive because it was quite a long way away and uh, with the traffic, um, it took quite a long time to get back home, but it was, um, it was really nice and some parts of the drive because the sun was shining were really nice and um, yeah, the food, was, the food was great as well. So all good really. And um, yeah, today's been a day at home. Um, part of it is working on a presentation. We've got another big uh, presentation tomorrow morning to do about the referral center uh, in London. Um, so some of today kind of working on just tweaking that and making sure that um, can get it done in the uh, time that we have available. Um, yeah, and then the usual kind of mix of other things. Um, all good, really. I'm going to hit a run, I think, in the next, probably the next four weeks, three to four weeks are going to be pretty pretty busy again. Um, not that, that, that it's not always busy, but it's one thing being busy with stuff to do when you don't have a lot of meetings and things to go to as well, but um, when you chuck in meetings and travel time into the mix, it does tend to shift the uh, the barometer a little bit because then you still got to get the, all, all the other stuff done and um, and the meetings as well. But hey, it's all good. Um, I had a couple of different things I wanted to, two or three things actually I wanted to touch on today and we'll see how we go. Um, as always, it's going to be rare for me to talk about anything unique because a lot of these things are just... Um, really important points that I guess come up often and um, we'll try and make in different ways in the hope that some of it will resonate with different people. Um, so the first thing was to, I guess, ask the question is, you know, are you up for it? And what do I mean by that? Well, you know, it's a bit of a cliche to say that, you know, this success stuff doesn't come easy um, and that you need to put in a lot of hard work. And you know, sometimes when you watch videos about motivation or you hear people speak or you read things, a lot of it's about trying to motivate people to get going um, and to not stay in a rut and to, you know, follow their dreams and pursue their passion and live their purpose and so on. And of course, those videos are fantastic because they're trying to get people motivated to get going. But, you know, nobody should be... Um, naive about the amount of hard work that's involved in getting to the destination. So yes, you get going on your journey, but it doesn't just suddenly miraculously happen 
um, that you get to the other end. Not that not that you're going to get to another end, as it were, but do you know what I mean? So like, um, and those are the days and the weeks and the months and sometimes years that, um, you know, you can't account for in those kinds of posts and videos and stuff, right? So they definitely have a place and for some people to help them to stay motivated and so forth. But don't be under any illusion about the amount of hard work that's involved. And that's not a reason not to do it, of course. It's just to say, you know, be, go in with your eyes open, be informed, know what to expect. And, you know, depending on where you are, if you at least know what to expect, it'll help you to some extent to understand um, the journey better. Um, because be under no illusion, you know, it's not easy. Um, it's relentless, essentially. Um, but, you know, if you're pursuing your passion, chasing your dreams, then, you know, get on with it. I'll come back after the break and pick up on another topic. Cheers. Okay, so I'm back. So the next thing was um, a bit of a follow-on from last week, really. Uh, we talked a lot about culture last week and the challenges of being committed to delivering and executing on a culture. Um, and I wanted to just pick up on this theme today about, um, you know, being practical. So on the one hand, we talk a lot about chasing your dreams and pursuing your passion. Um, but, you know, alongside the hard work that I was alluding to before the break, another part of the, the story, if you like, is that, you know, you also have to be practical. Um, and you, you can't see being practical as somehow inconsistent with pursuing your passion and following your dreams because you know um, at the end of the day you've got to execute on those things and so being practical is part of that process of execution and at some points you're going to have to be practical you're going to be have to realist be realistic and um, you know I talked about that a little bit last week um, and it's about sort of finding this line between compromising where you can compromise and on the things that you can compromise on and indeed where you may actually have to compromise because you don't have the resources, be they financial or time, um, you know, to, to, to not compromise. Okay. So, but then of course the trick is really to not allow compromise to, to transition into selling out if you like, um, and you know, not being true to your culture and your values, right? So finding that ability to um, balance the need to be practical and the need to compromise with also being culturally consistent and true to your values and you know i i'm starting that process if you like so it's not like i speak about these things because i've done it before i'm just thinking out aloud really um, and kind of sharing with you what feels right and intuitive to me about how we were going to go ahead and do things um, and i will you know, keep you posted as the, the weeks, months and years go on um, about how things are playing out, you know, and probably look back and listen to these episodes myself and think, well, how naive I was or whatever, you know, like it. But I think that's what you have to seek to do, right, is to compromise and be practical, but not um, sell out on the authenticity of what you're trying to do. Um, the, the other thing that's of, you know, interest and uh, this actually came up um, today with something that um, I was discussing, you know, with uh, was said similar thing to Rue actually, which was 
you know, we are trying to create a culture at the Ralph where we where everyone counts and we want to be able to hear so everyone feels able to share their opinion and you know we want to demonstrate that we're listening to their opinion and that we respect it and that you know therefore we validate it but also understanding that you know again whether it's because of practicalities um, we may not necessarily be able to to do what everyone wants or to agree with everyone in what we do but the other thing is of course is that you know we the opinions that some people voice may not actually be consistent with the core values in the culture and we've you know I've talked before about this process of trying to help people evolve and go on their own journey to understand the culture and the values that we are creating at the Ralph because they haven't had you know this long lead-in time that some of us have had um, and I was saying you know to Rue that I, I sort of view this similarly to how I teach about clinical practice in emergency medicine which is that I think that there is good practice, and I put the good in air quotes, but I think there's good practice, and I think there's bad practice. But within the good practice bucket, especially because there's not that much in the way of evidence-based veterinary medicine, um, you know, I think there is room for different opinions. But all of those we're talking about in the context of the good practice bucket, and that we have to be careful not to allow differences in opinion to become an excuse or a justification for bad practice, which some people try to, to do. And in the same way, same way, I think opinions can differ when you're all talking around about the same culture and the same core values in that same bucket. But you cannot use different differences of opinion to justify a position that is inconsistent with your culture and your core values. Otherwise, the whole thing becomes undermined. And people who cannot evolve into a place where their opinions are more aligned with your culture and core values don't really belong as part of the team right so um, I'm going to pop back after the interlude for the final segment catch you in a second okay so last segment of this episode and I want to change tack completely and talk to you about the tricks of the mind. Um, you know, I'm sure you've experienced it and you know it, and yet you probably still keep doing it. Um, this whole thing where you let your mind, you know, create narratives and create stories around situations and scenarios. Um, when often the mind is just playing tricks and you know depending on your um, perspective in life your general state of energy and outlook um, you know sometimes for a lot of people those stories that the mind creates are um, negative ones and painful ones and worst case scenario ones and thinking the worst of people ones and fearful ones and you know insert whatever term you want into that as long as it's in the negative in the negative bucket um, and and a lot of people are victim to their minds you know um, and one of the things is often said about people that live in so-called kind of Western modern societies is that a lot of people spend a lot of their time uh, with you know relentless mind chatter um, where their mind is just constantly going and um, as I say thinking about things, analyzing, overanalyzing, creating narratives and stories 
um, you know, and it's clearly no, it's not a very healthy state to be, um, a state to be in. And so I guess my question for you is, you know, do you recognize that picture of the kind of relentless mind chatter? And if you do, what do you do to stop it from happening? Um, have you actually tried to stop it happening? Have you done any things to try and help you to not be that way? Um, from a personal point of view, I think I'm pretty good in inverted commas. Um, I do have some mind chatter for sure, but I think compared to a lot of people, I don't have very much mind chatter at all. Um, and most of the time my mind is peaceful and calm and quiet. And I might be thinking about something that's in some ways pretty insignificant given all the other things that are going on. But you know, there are times also when like everyone else, I do have mind chatter um, and do allow these things to to go on. Um, one of the things that, I mean, there are so many different ways of discussing this and there are so many um, lineages and different cultures and traditions that talk about these sorts of things in different ways. But, you know, certainly this whole idea about meditation, for example, whatever that means for an individual. So that could be the more kind of classic type of medication that some people think about, but it could also be any other practice that creates a similar kind of um, response. You know, this idea of um, trying to create a time when you are peaceful and still and not, your mind is not occupied um, by this relentless chatter. And um, Layla and I were watching something on Saturday evening, I think, and uh, it was by Deepak Chopra. You may have heard of him, um, ex-physician, now kind of globally well-known in, in sort of the areas of um, existentialism and the body and mind and spirit connection and consciousness and quantum stuff and all kinds of things in that area um, personal development self-development motivation etc but he, he was kind of referring to it as the space between your thoughts so what practices can you do to allow you to create some space between your thoughts and find yourself emerged in those immersed in those moments when you are between your thoughts um, and I'm not you know sufficiently informed or at least in a quick segment like I've got 40 seconds left not going to be able to talk on a you know on a deeper bigger level about these things but um, it was just something I wanted to flag really that if you constantly find yourself having mind chatter and you're always thinking about things and whether that be in a good or a bad way in a positive or a negative way but especially if it's in a negative way then you know um, maybe it's time to think about how you stop that relentless um, train of chatter you know because it's no way to be and it doesn't it's not conducive to peace and calm and um you know a sort of relaxed state of being anyway cover quite a lot of random thoughts today but some i hope some of it was interesting and i will catch you again tomorrow so in the meantime take chances be compassionate live in a beautiful state have an open heart and open mind